Hey, what's going on, guys, and welcome back to Off the Bar with Rob and Joey. I'm Joey. And I'm Rob. And uh, this week, I think, I don't know, I think fantasy has become probably my favorite part of, like, hockey season. I mean, I love watching it, and I watch a lot, but fantasy, like, really gives me something on a day-to-day to to look forward to, to be honest. I think it's one of my favorite things that I've started doing in the past couple years. Yeah, I think that it... uh... It, like, incentivizes both. Like, yeah. it makes you want to watch hockey more, and you, like, have to watch hockey more to be better at it. They, like, feed off each other. It's just over-inundating yourself with the best sport ever. <laughs> yeah. And you get to win some money if you're good at it, like me. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I hate you so much. <laughs> Although, I, I don't have it bad as nearly everybody else in our league, because I've only had to endure it for two years and not one. Just some three. background. I three-peated. I'm in a three-year streak, so. Yeah. <laughs> but Joey's the most competent of the of the group. <laughs> yeah, out of ten players, but like four of them don't end up playing by the end of the year. So. Yeah, that's true. We have a lot of we have a lot of dropouts and no shows and stuff. Auto drafters. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, we wanted to talk about kind of our. I don't know if I would call it philosophy, but our take on what to do in a fantasy draft kind of players that I I made up a list of players who I think are going to have breakout years players that are going to not meet expectations or uh, players that are worth taking a risk and I have a couple players that I think could be steals this year but yeah um, I don't know the first person I I have uh, the first name when I started coming up with the list I think it was before I even did any research um, I think this is Patrick Laine's year. I, he's my first breakout for the year. And not that, you know, he hasn't already been, like, good and dominant. I think that this year could be that 50-goal year if everything goes to plan. I mean, he's got the the backup now. He's had a few years under his belt. I really expect him to do it sooner because I've never seen a wrist shot like that. That's the nicest wrist shot I've ever seen in my life, without a doubt. I don't know. I don't know. Fight with me about it. There's different types of shooters, and uh, and but that is a it's perfect. But I mean, if you're gonna if we're gonna start talking about Lonnie, I'm just gonna say one thing that it's not like you don't have to do it this way. There's other things that are like really important. But I wanted players on my team who I thought were gonna win the Rocket. That was like my whole goal. I was like, goals are worth more than than anything else. If I can get a couple people that, you know, maybe in that race, like, that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I think that he's definitely one of them who he can definitely, you know, he could definitely do it. Um, and he's a shooter, and he's a, he's going to score some goals eventually with that shot. And But that's what I mean. Like, always, like, I don't want to say first because you don't want to reach for some of these players, but I'm always looking at players like Ovi. Lonnie, yeah. um, Tarasenko, Kucherov, like dudes who put it in the back of the net, like those who if, if if it's not a surprise to anyone if they put up 50 goals, you're just like, oh, sweet. They finally did it. Yeah. And I, and I guess we kinda, I did get it kind of ahead of myself. Um, Ovechkin's the first overall pick. Yeah. <laughs> he should he d- be. Yeah, he definitely is. I mean, I think what Connor McDavid Hammer went last McDavid. year. Yeah, but I mean, we play, we also play in a league too, just a heads up. It's like you play head to head with points. We count hits, um, like blocked shots, 
shots, um, goals, assists, the power play points. Like it, we don't do like plus minus or penalty minutes or anything. So like people who are good at that, we we're not even gonna probably touch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just coincidental. But I thought it was funny too because I I got Ovechkin the first round last year and he had dropped and I was like, this dude is gonna like when he's going to score like at least 40 goals a bunch on the power play he takes like eight shots a game and he hits people so like yeah we can talk about which player is better all we want i definitely say you take ov first if you win the first overall pick like do the right thing take ovechkin yeah and that's the thing is like you really like the first three rounds you have you have to win those rounds those are the superstar rounds everybody's getting superstars you need superstars. If you're going to be successful, you need to get the best player available yeah, you, to you. Yeah, you can't can't mess up the fir- the first couple rounds. After that, like if you pay attention, you can, you know, you're going to get some sleepers. You there's going to be some dude this year who doesn't even make this top 250 list that like a couple like a month in is gonna already have like like 25 points like for sure it happens every year you can be smart and get them but you're not going anywhere if you if you blow the first round pick (laughs) yeah so don't i mean don't reach in the first couple rounds i mean honestly i i personally like i don't care about the first over i honestly don't care where i pick i can you know i try to do i i mean the first round uh, draft that I did I went in I didn't do any homework the second one I did a little bit of homework but I didn't really finish it or whatever and I still walked away in both of those drafts with Kucherov I had in my draft last year I had with my first three picks I had Backstrom Kucherov and Claude Giroux so I had two of the three top point getters in the league and I picked like seventh or whatever yeah so, you have to take advantage, even if you don't want to call your homies idiots and stuff like that. Sometimes your homies are idiots and don't really know what the fuck they're doing. So yeah. you got to take advantage, especially if there's some money on the line. And it's just bragging rights. I honestly don't even care about the money. I just want to beat Rob now. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> I could not get paid. It's worth it to beat Rob at this point. Yeah, I hope you beat me. Just because I'm like, the exp- <laughs> I'm like, it's like the expansion team that finally knocks off the original six. It's like... That's what it's to me now. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's a very compl. That's like a complimentary thing to say. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm an original six. <laughs> well, in our but, league. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, again, I want to talk about some individual players, but like just for overall strategy and things that I think that I've seen people seen and it doesn't work out for them. It's just my personal opinion winning my beer league fantasy league against these idiots I play with. <laughs> if you're listening. What's up, boys? Yeah, you. I would take some goal scores. You also want well-rounded players who are going to get you the bonus stuff. That's why I say you take Ovi first because he, he does everything. He hits. He, he does everything. But, like, also, like, know who you're playing, too. Like, I play this league with a ton of Flyers fans. So, like, I know who they favor sometimes. I've used it to um, my advantage. And some other players that, you know, sometimes they forget about. Like, they're, they're, that's just for your own personal strategy. Just know who you're playing with. That people talk about who they who they like. You know what I mean? Like, I know yeah. I know who my friend JD's going to pick first. You know what I mean? I just do. 
<laughs> you just pay pay attention and um and the best thing is it's just next man up if have like a list of who you want and who you think is going to have a good year which we're going to go into now and when you know if this person gets taken here it, it's really only for the first three rounds because after that it's, it's a it's a mess and you just got to find um still have your sleepers listed like know that but i mean if this person gets taken first and I'm not first, then I'm going to take this person. You know what I mean? Right. Like the, the Alex Ovechkin who owned first overall, har- hardly everyone. It's a low minority of people who pick first. So I'm just saying do the do the right thing. And if somebody in, in your league doesn't pick Ovechkin first, like pick them. Pick them over Sid. Pick them over McDavid. Pick them. Um, yeah. but, and, and the other and thing yeah. I wanted to say about like the hits thing is because – well, I didn't know this, but like, is ESPN ESPN's now counting it? Like, it's not the thing that you have to like. No, I think it's Yahoo that. Oh, Yahoo. Yeah, I don't think it. Yahoo is counting it. And I could be wrong because we play ESPN, but I don't think that they. Yeah, yeah, they. One of their categories is now hits, and I don't think okay. it was before. Hits so they win the league, to be honest, because I'll unless like you're really playing with people who don't know what they're doing. But if you have like. We say, like, the guys that we play, like, all our, all of us know, for the most part, like, what we're doing. Like, no one really has a bad team. It's just, like, some things don't get utilized on every team. Like, I ended up being, I think I had the most goals and assists scored, but I had, like, no hits, so I came in third. So it's like, you can draft Connor McDavid ten times, but, you know, if Rob has Ovi ten times, Ovi hits people and Ovi scores you know, a good amount of points and goals himself. So, you know, he wins just automatically in fantasy. Yeah, and look into shots too because some players, they they have a better percentage or some people, like I think I mentioned it before, like, you know, William Carlson's probably going to have another good, good year, but he had like a 25% shooting average. He didn't even shoot that much for the amount of goals that he gets. For In order for him to score 40 goals again, he's going to have to shoot a million more shots. Like that's why Ovi's the... Ovi has a good percentage, but he also shoots, like, I'm not kidding, like, eight shots a game. When you look at it in average, yeah. it's insane. It's insane. And, like, again, Connor McDavid's probably the best player in the league right now. He's, like, the sickest. Dude, he's awesome. Right. But, dude, he's going to get you way more assists than goals. He plays for Edmonton, so God only knows what their power play is going to look like. And he doesn't hit people. He had, like, 20 hits all year. You know what I mean? It's not... He's not getting everything. So he's still first round, like, obviously. Yeah, he's still but, top five. <laughs> yeah, but Ovi, man. He's I'm, second, really. He's second. Yeah. I, yeah, he is. Yeah, just in a league that counts hits and all the extras and stuff like that, I Ovi's normally number one. He just yeah. is. Like, when you look at, like, fantasy rankings, it's normally Ovi. Yeah, which it should be. I think a lot of people doubted after last year, so I got to take him late in the first round. It was awesome. Because I knew I was yeah. gonna, I knew I was gonna be right with that one at least. I'm not always right at this, but I knew I was gonna be right with that. And it was easy. McDavid was gone anyway. Didn't even have to argue it out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we can start talking about some individual players. But that was just my general rule of thumb. I've also got things for defense and goalies and like strategies. But oh, you yeah, want don't people draft a goalie in the first round? Yeah, that's another one that that yeah, kills people, a... dude. No, that... no. Every year I look at these rankings and there's like eight goalies in the first like two rounds. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you can get by with with goalies. Um, they do get you a lot of points, but they're not going to play every night. And 
they can actually lose you points. I mean, it, it's just not worth it. Like, you, you need a stud forward before you need – and defenseman. You definitely need an all-star defenseman before you need the goalie. And there's a lot of ways to steal a, a goalie. Yeah, because I drafted – I drafted Ben Bishop and Scott Darling last year. You didn't end the season with and either I of them. And I did not sure. end the, No, I did not end the season, believe it or not, with either of them. I don't think I ended the first month with either of them. Well, Who'd actually cuz for a long time, for a good stretch there, I had no goalies on my roster and I was just constantly dropping and picking up extra guys um with the roster spots that I had and I ended the season with Corey Schneider and Connor Hellebuck. Which are, dude, are solid, solid yeah. goal. I mean, players. no one knew that, no one really knew that Connor Hellebuck was going to have a Vezina season. So once I started seeing him heating up, and I, I always, already liked Winnipeg, so I was like, all right, well, Hellebuck's a no brainer. Um, I don't remember why Schneider was out. Was he hurt at some I know he, he was, was hurt, hurt towards yeah. the end, but was he hurt at the beginning? Or maybe um, he was having like a rough stretch and someone dropped him, and then I was like, well, mine. Thank you. Yeah, I think so because he, he he definitely got hurt at the end, and I we had a good start to the season. We we went in a we had a rough patch, but I honestly I mean, think someone might have dropped him because they were like, "Oh, these fucking assholes drafted me, Corey Schneider, fuck the Devils," and dropped him. So I was like, "Um, thank you." Yeah, <laughs> and then I was able to reap the benefits of the Devils having a good start to the season. It's funny because I thought everyone was going to forget about Corey Schneider and then he ended up getting picked in like the third round because people overvalue goalies. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. He couldn't even just leave me. I wanted to, dude, come on. He's not even that good. Like, he's good, but he's not even ranked on here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't yeah. fucking. I, I thought I was going to get him in like the 10th round. Like, no one would have cared. But right. I'm just saying, like, yeah, having a good goalie is important, but like. Is Carey Price going to win you a league? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Especially yeah, unless you're unless you're playing in a league that really values goalies. I mean, ours it's what I think it's five five points for a win, quarter point for every save, minus one for a loss, for a goal against a goal against. What's it for a loss? I think a loss you just get nothing, or it might be minus two. Yeah, we play. I don't know. I actually, I don't know what the and I feel bad because I should know this. That now that we're doing this video, I should know what like the standard is. But I think that we play a little yeah. bit off standard, like we said. Yeah, because I think part of it is categories. So like, if you with Yahoo, so like you play and it, it's like the winner of each week in that category. So then like if you have yeah. like Harry Price or some a good goalie, probably not him this year because of the stupid team, but. <laughs> but someone who puts up good goalie numbers every week may win that category like almost every week. So I yeah. think that's how it works. But that's why I wanted to make sure everyone listening to know that we go head to head and it's, you know, that's how it how yeah, it works. And then point. we have like a playoffs at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, and it just points across the across the board. So if you're playing even anything similar to that. I got you. This is what this is what we do this is how we win championships. All right. <laughs> All right, but yeah, now let's start talking about some individuals. And honestly, I'm probably not even going to say half the names that I wrote down on this list because now that I'm like looking at them, I'm like, it's fucking obvious. Like, but the next interesting name that I have on my list, and for those Leaf fans, I have Matthews and Tavares on here, but I'm not going to talk about it because I shouldn't need to. I shouldn't have really needed to talk about Patrick Line either, but I just like Patrick Line. I like Austin Matthews a lot too, but. 
No, but I understand why you brought up Liney, because he actually hasn't scored as much as I thought he would. And even last year when he put up a lot of goals, it was like quiet. You didn't hear a lot about the dude. And I'm like saying this dude's like capable of 50 goals. Like, I get it. Like, he's one of yeah. your if they don't have him ranked in your league in the first round, they should because he's going to put the numbers up. And I, I think it is a year for him to take another step forward. He's still a young guy, but yeah. Definitely. And I mean, anybody like anybody in that top six of the Leafs. Could be a steal because that whole team is a fucking mismatch now. It just like you you're gonna have oh, yeah. <laughs> Tavares or Matthews on the first line, Tavares or Matthews on the second line, and then Kadri on the third line. It's a mismatch against any team, really, almost any team. But uh, the next interesting name I wanted to bring up was Patrick Kane. I think Patrick Kane has good. I mean, Patrick Kane still he's the best player on the Blackhawks. He's still an elite player. I think it was kind and not and I don't know that it's going to be better for the Blackhawks overall next year because I don't think it's going to be, but I think that Patrick Kane can and will do it by himself. And he, I mean Tavares or not Tavares, um, Taves is still a good player. And another, and I'll kind of just bring this in because I'm talking about the um, about the Blackhawks is I one of my potential steals is uh, Nick Schmaltz who I think is going to get a lot of the offensive duty that Taves had because he put up the same amount of points. And I think that, because I don't even think Kane and Taves play together anymore. I don't think so either. I think Smaltz has kind of taken the job and it's just kind of quietly been done because the Blackhawks were bad last year. So I think that Smaltz, I mean, he's 21 years old. He's already put up 50 points. I think that not a lot of people are going to be looking for, other than Kane, not a lot of people are going to be looking at Blackhawks to win their fantasy draft. And, and Kane is not, you know, he could be a first-rounder, I think, at this point, because it is a little bit of a risk. I mean, he's still going to put you up about a point a game, but he's another one of those players, kind of like McDavid, that he he doesn't hit a lot. He's not getting you those extras, but he's a good, solid point producer. Um, and he's going to get, I mean, he has every opportunity. He's getting all the power play time. He's getting all the offensive chances. So he's definitely geared to score points. Um, yeah. I just think that last year was a down year for him. And I think that he can easily get back to a point per game. And if Smaltz is as good as he was last year, he could be a good late round pickup that, you know, no one else is really looking for. Yeah. The point pairings are good, too. They're not, like, the end-all, be-all, but it is nice when you have, like, a... Like, you got to watch who these guys are playing with. You know, I, I could definitely yeah. see that. But the thing... I think the the lists that I've looked at have Kane about, like, the second round, third round. So, I mean, I don't know if I'd take him first, but I could say yeah. that, that he could be a good consolation prize if you you pick late in, like, the second round. Yeah. Or, I mean, again... A, it really depends on who else you got your who else you got your eye on, because some dudes have moved up for sure. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Nate McKinnon and, and like Taylor Hall are both getting taken, you know, way up from where they were last year. Um, like in the in the rankings and with notoriety. Like, I've been I for the past three years I've been stealing Taylor Hall in like the fourth round. Like I don't know what people were yeah. thinking. And this year finally it always paid off, but this year it really really paid off. 
And and so there's going to be guys who are moving on the up and up and, and other guys who have been in their position that are moving down. And I think that's what the benefit of Patrick Kane could have. Yeah, Kane could be one of those players that we were talking about that, you know, you get your first couple, you know, your first and second rounder, and maybe if he slips into the third, that's your ticket right there. Yeah, Because you just got two elites, and then you got Patrick Kane on top of that. Yeah, and keep in mind, two teams that aren't going to be as good are going to be forgotten more. So that's a name where you might be, like, picking in, like, the third round and be like, holy shit, these guys forgot Patrick Kane. Like, you know what I mean? Like Everybody's (laughs) looking over Patrick Kane because he plays for the Blackhawks. Yeah, and and we're looking at these other names that are, you know, have been at the, are getting to the top of the list because of last season. So that definitely could work in your, in your favor. And I agree, he's a good player. He's, he's a really good player. He's going to score you, score you points. Yeah. Um, the next name I have on my list that I think is getting a little bit more respect around the league now, but I still think that he's not up there with those elites, is uh, Alexander Barkov. I like him a lot. I like Barkov a lot. It's really like Barkov can be a risk because he has a little bit of an injury history, um, but at the same time, he if he is healthy he's putting up points and he's probably in selkie consideration so he's that guy who's getting you the hits and the block shots and you know but he's getting oh and shorthanded goals shorthanded goals extra points (laughs) yeah that's all extra points to where you know maybe he this is and he's another guy like kane he's maybe that third round selection or you know depending on if you play with any florida panthers fans maybe you steal him early just because He's one of those guys who could be the game breaker for you because, you know, I think that if he really gets into it, he's that guy. He's like that next guy up that could be like the number one because he puts up so many points and he hits people and he does all the other stuff that he's going to be up there eventually. And that's if he stays healthy. Like I said, he's a risk a little bit if he, you know, gets injured or whatever. But last year he was pretty healthy. I think he played in... I don't think he played in every game, but he was above 70 or 75, I think. He only missed a couple games last year, which is nothing. You sure, though? I'm pretty sure. Because uh, I, I just, yeah, that's my only concern for him is the injury. That and his buddy, um, Huberdo. I like both those guys. Yeah. I think both those guys get uh, um, surpassed because of the injuries, though. But Yep, 79 games. Okay, so he played last season. So maybe it's time to put those injury concerns to bed. I I remember the year before he only played like 30, I think, right? And Huberto didn't play a lot either. He played 60 and 66 in the two years before that. So he missed almost 30 games. Well, almost 25 games in each. So So he can miss some time. Like 20 games is a lot. Like that's when you're getting into like, that's a lot. But he had 78 points in 79 games last year. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, I'm looking at it right now. Well, he had, holy shit, he had five shorthanded goals. Yeah, he led That's the league. That's probably up there. He led I the league. The, did he lead it? He led the league, yeah. Okay. I think I think just, like, Brian Gibbons and a couple other people like that had, like, three yeah. or four. But, yeah, no, he, he puts up shorthanded goals, too, which is clutch. Those are two extra points, at least how we play. Yeah. And he got, and he gets... A decent amount of power play points. He had about 17, five goals, 12 assists. So that's not bad for being the 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 guy there. Like he has to do everything. Like he's probably getting top power or top penalty kill, top power play. You know, 
And the even strength points is nice. He's consistent with the even strength. Yeah. yeah but yeah, no, I like Barkov. I think he he can be a game a game changer if he's healthy, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Alright, so next and this will be my last forward for breakouts is Travis Connecty. I had to. I just had to. That's my boy. I think that if Dave Haxtell doesn't fuck my team up, <laughs> then Travis Konechny plays on the first line. I think that overall, I think the thing that's holding Travis Konechny back is that he doesn't get first power play time, but at the same time, the Flyers' second power play is non-existent to where now adding JVR either means that, well, I think JVR just gets the first line's power play now because we're paying him for it. But that means that Wayne Simmons gets to play on the second line power play, which in turn should make the second power play better, hopefully, to where if Konechny can start cashing in some more power play points, he's definitely more valuable. And I think having a whole year where he should be in that top six and getting those minutes means that he should produce more. Yeah, I mean, he he went on hot streaks. I had him for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, and that yeah, there's definitely going to be players moving up into those first line roles, and and you know we're going to see how they turn out. Now I have a quick question for you. It just so happened that it's about a flyer, but I would have asked it anyway okay. because I think it's an important question. Like, what's good with uh, Wayne Simmons playing time? Do you think? Because Wayne Simmons honestly is one of the most value picks in every year of our of our league because of the hits and the other things yeah. like that. That, like, at points he's leading the whole league. And he doesn't get picked before, like, the fifth round, the fourth round. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so, but it, does that change this year? Is he still a good sleeper? Wayne Simmons, I think, is a good sleeper still. I think he's even more so. Because I think what a lot of people are looking at is that, like, oh, now JVR is here. Um, so Simmons is automatically getting third line time, which is probably true. But Wayne Simmons is also playing for a contract next year. So if there's anybody to capitalize on is players who you think are going to have that extraordinary year because they're playing for a contract. And Wayne yeah. Simmons either playing to try to stay with the Flyers or get traded or sign somewhere next year where he's going to sign a big deal. So I think that, you know, even if his time is limited, I think that you could see slightly more production from Wayne Simmons because he's working his ass off. Yeah. Okay, well, I could see that. I just want to know because it's weird how that works out sometimes. Where like you go in there and you expect to see all these names, and then you see who's got the most fantasy points that week, and it's like Wayne Simmons yeah. <laughs> or fucking Patrick Hornquist, which I won't pick. I refuse to, but <laughs> but it happens some weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I know the the whole Wayne Simmons thing is is tricky. I mean, because it could be a backfire pick, and he might do nothing. Or I don't personally think so because, like I said, I think that the just having Wayne Simmons, I mean, he's been one of the best, like, net front guys. But at the same time, so is JVR. That's, like, his bread and butter for his whole career is that he's good within, like, that 10 feet around the net, and that's where he makes his money. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's it. That's a really good question, though, because I agree with you. Like, Wayne Simmons, you know, was... And I think still will be like a driving force in fantasy, especially 
Um, and I'm hoping that we get the production of a man who's playing for a contract. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it is because a lot of people I know go for Wayne Simmons because he can be that value and he could be one of the league leaders and stuff like that. And you get him late, like fourth or fifth round, like you said. But yeah, it's tricky. I don't know. For sure. I personally think I believe in him. I think that he'll be healthy this year. So regardless, like even if, you know, even if, you know, he does like technically take a step back, it's going to be similar to what he did last year just because he's not getting the time. Yeah. He still scored 24 goals last year, so he's still worth. And I think no matter how much, I mean, unless he's getting like fourth line minutes, which won't happen. But I think even with third line time, I think he still scores 20. Okay. All right. So the first defenseman I have on here. Is, is this just who you want to talk about or who you think to take? Like, who's going first? What do you mean? The All these players are not who I think should go first. These are just players who I think are going to have, have good, a good years year. next year. Like, that are going Understood. to do better than what they did last year. Or, you know, like players like Konechny who should get more playing time, who are in turn going to turn that into more production. Yeah. Okay. So, actually, I'm not even going to start with the first person I have on here. I'm going to start with the second to last because it's Will Butcher. (laughs) Okay. Because Will Butcher was a beast for you guys on the power play. Yeah. But he wasn't getting the five-on-five time, which I think that he probably gets more of that, which makes him more valuable. That's fair. And I think he really held his own because of... um... Because of the power, the, yeah, the power play points. Um, one thing to watch with him, though, is that boy needs to shoot more, which I think he will. Just being an NHL defenseman, I think you get that. But that was the one thing. He had these uh, a bunch of assists, and they and they were yeah. all from passes. Like They weren't these defenseman assists where you, you rack up a million of them because you just keep shooting and they get the rebounds. They were like play plays, but I, I, I definitely think that he is a sleeper because I don't think he, I haven't even seen him on a list yet. I'm, I'm sure he's yeah. in there somewhere, but like I haven't seen him on a list. So that's actually a really good point um, of a good of a good sleeper. Like, hang on, I'm, I'm literally looking for this dude right now. I don't even know if he got the top. NHL.com has him at 184. Okay. So. That is a good value pick, and and I yeah. again I benefit from it because you know I, no one knew him. Because I didn't think, I didn't even think he was gonna work out. I don't know these college kids. You don't know, <laughs> but he's he's awesome. That is a really good pick. Um, I actually I'm gonna do the same thing. People are gonna get on us, man. The people who aren't like Flyers and Devils fans, because I don't mean to be talking about him like that. But I do honestly have a healthy respect for this dude. And that's how is Provorov not like top for like defensemen dude, in this I, thing? I don't understand it. I, I hate d- it, but I love it. I want everybody to keep sleeping <laughs> on Provorov. And then when he comes out of nowhere and wins that Norris, I'm going to say, fuck everybody. There's no one was talking about him. Fuck you. Yeah, he's like pro- one of my favorite defensemen. And I, and again, I'm not a Flyers fan. I'm yeah, not he's doing on my to list. toot your own horn. I would make fun of you if you talked about someone like that and it wasn't true. That dude not does not get the credit he deserves. He's going to yeah. like hold down. He's your best defenseman. Like he is. absolutely easily. 
<laughs> and it's uh, it's crazy. Like again, it, just looking at it, we're talking in a ten man league, like in the tenth round. Like they're project. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, he's one of those dudes where I wouldn't call him an ace yet. Um, just comparatively, like he could be, he absolutely could be. I definitely think he is in real life. Um, but just for fantasy points, like just to take, I, I took my, my, I made my piece for the, for the offense, man. Again, I want to talk more about the, um, again, about individual players, but I think this year, my thing with D is you need one, at least one standout. You need one headman or Carlson or whatever. And this year is going to be harder because usually someone picks Eric Carlson in the first round and no and everyone else forgets about defensemen. So like I'm always able to grab Victor Hedman. I don't think it's gonna be right. like that this year. Um but I think like Hedman's an ace. Burns is probably an ace. Like Carlson, like you want at least one of those guys. Like if you haven't had a defenseman in the third round, like you need to get on that. But yeah. there's a couple other players where they're like borderline ace, like just since I'm using that term, that like get forgotten about. Again, like Provorov being one of them. My favorite is um, is Ekman Larson. I mean, I'm not. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, Oliver Ekman yeah, Larson. He's on my list too. Dude, oh, okay, he was on your list. Good because yep. that I pick him in the late round every year, and everyone yeah. always forgets about him. He's always under. Um, like undervalued again it's probably like an Arizona thing I don't know what it is people forget about him um, but that dude is like borderline ace like you know what I mean like um, another one is ghost ghost and eh, people might reach for ghost though because he does I was so score a lot of points pissed off last year that you picked ghost I was getting ready <laughs> to do it dude. and I really wanted to do it but I feel like I don't remember exactly how it happened but I feel like there was someone too good that I couldn't pass up and I was like, and I was prepared for it. I was like, all right, one of these fucking asshole Flyers fans is going to take Ghost, and then Rob picks Ghost. I'm like, fuck <laughs> off, you piece of shit. Because I was pretty close to the bottom, so I had, like, picks within five of each other. So I'm like, all right, I can take, I don't have to take Ghost right now. I'll take him with my next one because I'm at the top of the order. And then he, right after me, takes fucking Ghost. And I'm like, what a fucking piece of shit. Probably the last one you'd expect too, right? It's probably like, you probably were like, eh, he won't remember Ghost, and just would, <laughs> went Well, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> what I thought, and I was really just like, I couldn't believe that he was still there, and that was the thing, that's, that's why I should have taken him when I should have, the pick before, because I was, I'm like, how how is he still here? Like, this is like a room full of Flyers fans, like, there's like two of us that aren't Flyers fans, and one of them didn't take it. <laughs> that's another thing remember fantasy hockey is for fun and do things just just to make fun of your friends not just to because yeah. ghost was a good pickup but that was fantastic picking that dude with a group of flyers fans <laughs> i had so much fun with that this year and again know who you're playing with i've got i've picked up people just to dangle them in front of people <laughs> like like i've done it with jacob Vorchek where i got him i'm just like you want him what do you want to give me for him you know <laughs> yeah not that he's a bad player, but you know what I'm saying. It, dude, this is this this is a game where you hopefully you win some money, but mostly it's for bragging rights. Yeah, and good absolutely. good friends are assholes to each other, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and talk talk smack for for the good of the league. I I I let everyone know I had ghosts a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah so that's what i think you got to make sure you got your aces and you got to know who those aces are and then if you do miss them you got to pick up at least two of these guys who are close again you know um Provorov, ekman larson um seth jones seth jones yeah roman yossi which yeah. he's an ace i don't know why he gets so far down on this list and but, um john klingberg john Just klingberg for too, pure yeah. points I mean, yeah that dude gets points I didn't say he's on the power play with like two of the best players in the league. So, so the next person I want to bring up is speaking of people who are playing for a contract, and he gets one no matter what. But I think we're next year will be that year that if you take Eric Carlson real early, you won't regret it. That guy's playing to be the eleven million dollar man that he wants to be. That he that's the money he wants to make. And he was injured last year, and he still put up a hell of a season. Yeah, and that's a thing, dude. I'm actually disappointed because I think he's going to drop a little bit based off of, again, the injuries, this whole Ottawa thing. So it actually is good for everyone because you might be able to steal him. Where Usually you had to take your first-round pick to get that guy. I'm just mad because I, like, had been more and some of these other guys that I think are, like, right in par with him and he was, like, overrated. But this year, he's going to slip back, I think, a little bit. And you might be able to get him a little bit later on, which would be a great pick. You're absolutely right. Like, that's an awesome pick, especially if you don't have to burn a first for him. Yeah, if you have the last pick in your draft in the first round, get a stud and then take Eric Carlson. Yeah. Back to back, like in a snake draft. Yeah, I was about to. Yeah, that's that's how we play. We play snake draft, so. 10 to 1, or 1 to 10, 10 to 1, so on and so forth, all the way down. So back-to-back picks happen. Like the first year that I played fantasy with Rob and them, um, I drafted Kucherov and Crosby. In a row. In a row. Insane. (laughs) And that was the year that Crosby won the fucking rocket. So, because everybody was like, oh, he's hurt. He was hurt to start the year. I just don't like him. I even offered fucking Oleg. Crosby for Ghost and like JVR and he turned it down. I was like don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You should have beat me with that team. I should have beat you with the team I had last year. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) But yeah, no, Eric Carlson is, he's playing to be that guy. He's playing to either A, get out of Ottawa or make Ottawa pay him. Which I don't think is going to happen, but he still has to, he can't put up 40 points and expect to get $11 million. Yeah. And if you can pick Eric Carlson where like PK Subban used to be traded, man, you got this. You got this. You did a good job. (laughs) All right. I think that's all I got for bounce back or breakout years. So now I want to talk about not necessarily people who I feel like you should still draft these guys, definitely still draft these guys. But these may be guys that you wait on or, you know, try to steal later or maybe avoid because if you're looking for, I just, I, I, it took me a while to put him on the list because I didn't really want to because I just personally don't think he does it again, but nothing's really changed to make me think that he couldn't, but Claude Giroux, I mean, if you want him to put up another hundred points, I don't know that that happens. As a Flyers fan, I'm saying I don't think Claude Giroux puts up another 100 points. But if you want a solid power play, point per game, 78 points, whatever, Claude Giroux's the guy. But if you draft him expecting him to put up 100 points, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to trying to think, kind of like piggybacking off of that, because that's actually a high pick that you would use for Claude Giroux, and he's probably going to go higher this year than usual. So right. he probably is someone that you want to stray away from, unless he falls. That's if the thing. You get him All in the, like these. that's a first round pick. Like Claude Giroux is probably a first round pick. If you can get Claude Giroux in the second, it's a bargain. If you can get Claude Drew with the last pick in the first round, it's probably still a good pick. Like I said, I'm not saying don't pick these guys, but know what you're getting. That's the yeah. biggest thing that I want to say. These are not players I'm saying don't draft, or I don't even really want to say stay away from them because a lot of these guys on this list are good players. Because another one I have on here is Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel is a great player to draft, but Phil Kessel, 92 points is way out of his, like, scoring range not a scoring yeah. range because obviously he did it but like his average yeah you know he's like Giroux he probably puts up I'd say Phil Kessel's good for 70 to a point per game yeah he should be in that range same with Giroux you know these are players that you know if you're expecting Phil Kessel to put up 92 points you might be disappointed if you expect Claude Giroux and like I said Claude Giroux was the last person on my list because when you look at the team, nothing's really changed. It's like the same team's coming in. If not, it should be better. So what's the reasoning behind thinking Drew can't put up another points, another 100 points? It's that he can, but, again, it's out of his average. Yeah, That's the spike on his, on his chart is that 102-point season. It's not that he can't do it, but if that's what you're expecting, you might be disappointed at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think it's important to note, I mentioned it before, but I'll bring it up again because this is what we're talking about. Like, if you can take William Carlson at a fair range, like, I think he'll have a hell of a season. But 40 goals? Like, again, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Same thing with um, Eric Carlson, or not Eric Carlson, um, Eric Stahl. Oh, Eric yeah. probably not <laughs> scoring 42 goals again. Yeah, worth maybe worth your time, but not for a while down. Like if someone's gonna grab and reach for for them, let them. That's fine. Yeah, and and take a look. I mean, take a look at shooting percentages because you know they they do matter. And and again, even the other way too, because there's some people who have awful shooting percentages who I'm just waiting for it to like turn around. Like I think, right. I think it did turn around by the end of the year, but like. Sebastian Ajo is probably going to score more than he did last year. He's like, on my worth taking a risk. Yeah? Okay. I think so too, dude. I think he could be um, really legit with that with that team. Um, and I think that he's going to keep scoring more. Right. And, and uh, again, just like looking through some of the... Um, just looking through some of the lists, like you also want to look for people who who shoot a lot but have like a lower percentage, you know, recently than they than is than is their average, or even not, even just people who shoot a lot who don't have a good percentage, like they're bound to hit something eventually. Like I'm I'm waiting for the year that Tory Krug puts up a a, be, a lot of goals. Well, actually, I guess last year, last year was the year where he finally put up a lot of like goals. Yeah. He had like 14 where I had been drafting him for like years just because he just shoots so much. <laughs> Dude just shoots a lot. <laughs> yeah. And they were bound to go in eventually. <laughs> All right. So the only player that I have on this list that I truly think has a down year because something 
drastically changed on their team is Josh Bailey. Oh, There's yeah. no more Tavares. There's no more Tavares, and I don't know that he puts up 53 points next to anybody else because I don't think that he has a job on the right wing or on the first line with Barzell. Um, I think Eberle just gets that job. I mean, if Eberle fucks it up, Bailey can go right in, and maybe he reaps the benefits of that, but... Well, yeah, I feel like he was points. someone who wasn't on any wavelength before, and someone got lucky, like I said, and they, they picked someone up who doesn't usually do it, and they have like 30 points in the first month. But It'd be great. It That's probably not going to happen again. So you're right. I just wouldn't take too much off of this last season. Like, you even pick his teammates over him. Like, Everly, I, I Like, Anders Lee is probably more... We'll see. I could be wrong, but... I think I mean, you're, Anders Lee is right more there. valuable because Anders Lee can score goals. Yeah, exactly. Better than Bailey can. So I mean, regardless, like if the first line, if the first line of the Islanders is Lee, Barzell, and Eberle, sick line. Everybody else, I don't know. Yeah. Everybody else is suspect after that. But yeah, yeah, Josh Bailey. I think he's gonna feel the absence of John Tavares in a big way. So just because there's not enough room for him to play on that that first line. Now, Josh Bailey could be someone that, because we play, how many acquisitions do we have a week? 14 or something some, like that? Yeah, something I don't like know. That. We play because we like to pick up and drop players and stuff. Josh Bailey could be one of those, like, kind of 13th forwards or whatever, someone that you might pick up in a pinch to get some extra points because he probably benefits because that power play should be good. Or it should be decent, yeah. at least. So, like I said, not saying that you shouldn't pick Josh Bailey. He could be a good late-round addition because he could do it. But real late. Yeah, real late. <laughs> or even, like, I always have players that I draft and then probably, like, I don't know, a week later I drop them for someone in free agency because I'm like, oh, why didn't I just draft this guy? Yeah. That could be a Josh Bailey. Like, you take a chance and then find out, oh, he didn't make the team, so he gets sent back to minors or whatever. And then you pick up Josh Bailey because he's at least an NHL player. Yeah. One thing, too, do you have have more people on that list? The last person I want to talk about on the list is David Perron. Oh. (laughs) Only because I think David Perron is easily up and down that lineup. If he does well, second line. If he doesn't, third line, maybe. I don't know that he puts up. I mean, 66 points is about 20, 15 to 20 points over his average or whatever. And he played for the magical Vegas Knights, and he doesn't play anymore. He plays in St. Louis, so. Yeah. Okay. I have an asterisk on him because he could do it. And he could, and I think he's still going to be important either way. I just don't think that he puts up 66 points again. Yeah, I'm probably not taking him unless I'm desperate, to be completely honest. Yeah, he can be one of those guys that we talked about, like those grind, those guys that go and grind out and get some hits and can put some points on the board. Yeah, the thing about him is is he's probably more consistent, but maybe not with points, so to say. Um, yeah. But that's what I like to look up with people who you can pick up and drop is like consistency. Like, are they at least getting me a couple hits and a couple shots? He does that. Yeah, big thing is to look at the fantasy points that they're putting up. Just because they're not scoring goals and stuff. Like, two years ago, 
fucking JD had Radko Gudis, who never ever scored points, but he would hit people like 17 times a game. Yeah. So he was worth it. You know, he was worth having him every now and again because, you know, maybe get four or five points out of just hits. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, that, that's important because, again, it's that it's that consistency. Like, um, like who did I love being able to pick up because they were almost always available? Like, it was like Edler. Edler, Edler always had hits and always had shots. And then he would get hot with these assists and these goals. But hardly. But he still got me a couple fantasy points a night just from being, just from doing the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There's one more I want to talk about, too. There's one more where I don't understand how they're always ranked so low and who I usually try to steal every year for defend, for defenders, Justin Falk. Uh, yeah. Justin Falk gets undervalued in every fantasy draft projection since I've started doing this a couple of years ago. Yeah. He is underrated a lot. Just make sure that you don't have anyone who watches like Carolina a lot. Like we have someone who who's like a big fan of Carolina. They're not even a fan of Carolina, but they know them enough. They they they're like their side team. Um, so just watch for that guy. And if you can take Justin Falk before that guy, or Cam Fowler, that's another one. They're both ranked yeah. right by each other, really low both times. They're definitely some good sleeper defenders. Definitely. Yeah. And like, and you brought up Tory Krug earlier, and I feel like he's another one of them. Maybe not after this year because he had a really good year, but if you're looking for offense out of a defenseman, Corey Tory Krug is one of the best. Yeah, and again, he takes a lot of shots, and he blocks. Yeah. Uh, he blocks shots too. So like, he's someone where they they. I think that he he actually got ranked a little high because he had a better season. But I've been stealing that guy. I think I stole him two years. I think once in free agency, one time I picked him. And he's someone who's consistent. Like he gets you he doesn't go a game without getting you anything. Even though he's more offensively minded, which for a defenseman yeah, a that can happen. Offensive defenseman than he is he's not very good defensively, but Yeah, but I just mean for an offensive defenseman too, they could really like again, like Butcher might go cold like he I think he's a good pick, especially because they got him late. Um, and I think he could, if he put up that many points last year, he could do better. So I'm not talking shit on Butch, but I'm just saying when Butch goes cold, he could get you like half a point in a game. You know what I mean? Where Krug, even though he's the same type of player, like very offensively minded, he still is pretty consistent with the points. Yeah. He just may not get you like a ton all the time, but he's always going to get you something because the boy shoots and, and he does some of the other little things. So yeah yeah and now i'm the only i mean really where we're going with this too because i think those were a lot of little tips um and and just to give our thoughts on some players but what do you say about the i've had a general rule of thumb too where i don't start picking rookies no matter how good they're supposed to be until like the sixth round (laughs) and this year i think that even changes because it was a defender who was picked first. I don't trust it as much. And I just want your thought on rookies and maybe even sophomores. Like where where you start picking the guys who are untested but highly, highly touted. All right. I, I'll start this off this way because there's only one. Because I already kind of digged into this. I had a three-player list of who was worth taking a risk. And we kind of already got into the other two guys. But the only one I didn't talk about is a sophomore. And I think it's worth a risk to take Nolan Patrick 
because one I don't with him not having as good of a first half and having a better second half I personally don't think that he has a sophomore slump I think that he does better he's not someone who you're taking prop before the sixth round and get him as late as you can in my opinion because I think Unless you're playing with a bunch of fucking Flyers fans, because I probably won't get Nolan Patrick, um, because someone else will take him before me. Um, I think that he's definitely worth the risk. But rookies, yeah, no, I so, sophomores are. It depends, because it really depends on how much you believe in a sophomore slump. Yeah, I mean, there's different variations of sophomores too, so it's a harder question. I'm just thinking it was obvious the past couple of years that someone. Like, someone had to take McDavid his, his, you know, rookie year. Like, we were taking Patrick Line again, around probably six round. Like, I wouldn't reach before that point. I may even try to go a little bit deeper. But I'm just saying, I feel like it's different. Because I feel like Darlene, whatever. (laughs) I feel like he's going to be, like, the real deal. Like, he looks like he's going to be the shit. But, like, defensemen defensemen age different than than like other players like it's really rare that a rookie defenseman comes in and like crushes it in every aspect of the game and i'm just saying if we're talking about taking him in the sixth round we're talking about taking him before the other players i just mentioned in like the 20th round like you know what i mean like justin falk and cam fowler like i don't know if i could do that i'm not taking him before Provorov. like i'm not taking him before mcavoy who i think is another player to watch um and that's the thing like i charlie mcavoy was supposed to be a good d out of this last one i picked him with the last pick of the draft i'm pretty sure or the my last pick yeah so i just don't know how the rookies kind of changed this year because it was a defender that went first overall. I don't trust it. I don't know if you do, but I would stick away from that unless you could take them with, like, the last pick. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think this year, and I don't think that everybody knows this, but obviously everybody knows Darlene because he's making the NHL. He's going to be in the NHL. Um, But the other rookie is probably going to be, I want to say Cheeto and Leas Anderson, too, from the Rangers. But the other, because I see a lot of people pick him for their Calder favorite, is uh, Elias Pedersen from Vancouver, because Pedersen could step in and easily take the first That's line true. center, second line center job. So those are like the two big ones, Dolan and Pedersen, I think. And honestly, it's a tough one. Rookies are tough to say because one, they have just such a bigger grace for you know what's a bad year. Like, you know, if Dallin comes in and puts up 25 points, it's not a bad year. No, not at all. And if, like, Pedersen puts up 25 points, it's not a bad year. He's a rookie. So I personally will, like like you said, if it's, like, late, late in the draft and Pedersen's still there, I'll take a flyer on him because I know that I didn't, you know, the risk or the reward outraised the, wit, the risk at that point because... If Pedersen really does it, then, you know, I got to steal late in the draft. Or if he doesn't, I can always drop him and I can get another a or NHL forward in free agency. That's good enough. Yeah. So I try to stay away from rookies as long as possible. Sophomores, I'll definitely get into earlier. Not that early, like. But, well, you also um, know a little bit more information about them. So I get that. Like, obviously, like... Right. Matt Barzell, 
um, Brock Besser. Those are guys who can you can trust to take a, a little bit earlier. But yeah. there's also some who are like, well, you know, where's Clayton Keller? Like, you know what I mean? Where do we um, deal with? Um, I'm such a bad podcaster. Homie from uh, Chicago. Oh, Alex DeBrinkett. Now we know a little bit more, like you said, um, Nolan Patrick, Nico Heischer, who actually had a really good year. But, I mean, they, like, I, I don't know. It's just it's just funny how, like, like some people who you know they're going to get better, but if they already had, like, a pretty decent year, but it wasn't, like, maybe as dynamic as, like, a Barzell, and they're still younger, maybe, too, because I think that affects it. Like, where do you put them? I'm just saying that rookies... And like sophomores, like on the fence, I would, I would just wait. I, I'm not saying don't pick them because again, you it'd be dumb like if Nico Heischer didn't get picked, like you know what I mean, or Clayton Keller. But um, yeah. But just know like who you're picking beforehand. And again, with young defensemen, I do worry about that. I really did want to give a disclaimer for that because I I was looking at some lists and they got. Like, Darlene above, again, a lot of established players. I'm just like, well, I don't know. You know, it's it's really hard for um, rookie defensemen. Yeah, it really depends on how you value. Like, I, if I'm going to pick, like, I picked Austin Matthews in his rookie year, and it worked out great. Great. I also <laughs> looked at every player between my pick that I had and I think my next two picks, and I was like, would I rather take any of those guys over Matthews? And I think I said no to every single one of them. And then I also knew that it was getting to the point that you were going to start looking at it, and I wasn't going to let you get Matthews and Line. So I had to take. I, I had to make a judgment call, and I had to take one of them before you took the one I wanted. And I wanted Austin Matthews from the jump, even though I knew they were both going to be good. But yeah, I mean, and I also look at it this way. Connor McDavid was a point per game, above a point per game in his rookie season, and then Brandon Manning broke his collarbone, and he only yeah. played 45 games. I picked Connor so, McDavid, too. <laughs> yeah, so it's not that, like, obviously, like, everybody, like, young kids have a target on them, because, especially flashy kids like McDavid, and, like, you see highlights of Darlene, like, just dummying people in the Swiss League and stuff like that. He's not going to get space like that, so... You know, he someone's going to be looking to knock him and put put him in his place and be like, hey, this is the NHL. We're not doing that here. <laughs> or you have to be better if you're going to, like, try to pull shit yeah. like that. So that's the other thing. I think that players who play that flashy game like McDavid and um, Darlene, they have a target on them a little bit. Not that I think people are purposely trying to injure them, but they're they're in that, you know that danger zone of. yeah but i mean personally like and i know that darlene's more offensively talented than ekblad but ekblad run won the rookie of the year as a defenseman and scored 39 points that's fair but were you drafting him in the sixth round that year probably not so i think it's all judgment and i mean there's no real answer to it it's like what do you want to do i can only say so much Personally, I try to stay away from rookies. Unless, I mean, unless it really is like McDavid or Matthews or whatever, then I might take them a little bit earlier than normal. But defensemen, I, I, sh- I sh- would struggle to 
to convince myself to pick a defenseman. Dude, I just early. I feel like the margin for the difference isn't big enough for rookie defensemen. Um, which I'll wait for someone to prove me wrong, but you just said it yourself, like Ekblad, thirty nine points, great rookie year. I agree. I think that's great, great rookie year. Yeah. If you took him in the sixth round, and again, Justin Falk, who had what thirty one points what last year, and that was like a down year. Like usually he has more like goals. <laughs> You know, I mean, he had a 3.8 shooting percentage. Like, he took a lot of shots. Like, he was going to get you fantasy points. Like, that's not far off from that. But you would be picking him, like, 10 rounds ahead of that, if not more. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why I just don't think – whereas if you made – if you took a risk and, and you, you reached for um, Austin Matthews, like you said – and again, it wasn't that early. I drafted it with you. It was he was on my radar. Like you know, it was probably like the fifth round. Yeah, dude, that dude, that dude had a lot more points than people who were getting drafted similarly. So like the yeah, the no reward was the risk. Forty goals either. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So he scored forty goals. So even if Darlene has a crazy season, a best rookie defenseman season we've seen in forever. The marginal difference between what good and what bad could happen just isn't the same amount as with, like, a dynamic center. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I look at it this way, uh, and we brought it up with a couple other players, but, like, I could take... They have Darlene ranked, like, what, like 85th or something like that? He's yeah. up there. But then a player like Pareko is ranked 165. That's what I'm and... talking about. Ryan Suter. Yeah, is in the 163. Butch is like right around here too. Somewhere. I think he's in the 180s. I think. Yeah, 184. And then Ekholm on Nashville. Oh, dude. 187. Shea Theodore on Vegas. It's like, I. it's hard to take risk on defensemen in general because there's a lot of good defensemen in the league. And you can only have so many of them. But yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't reach on Darlene because I think that while I do think that he has a great year and he probably surpasses Ekblad's number, at the same time, if you take him too early, you're leaving good players on the table. Yeah. All right, so to wrap this up, because I know we're going a little bit long, I already talked about Nick Schmaltz as one of my potential steals. I have two other guys who maybe with your last pick, because one of them I don't know that... I think he should make the NHL because I thought he would last year. And the other one should get more time. But the first one I have is Jack Roslovic from Winnipeg. He put up 14 points in the 31 games that he played this year. But I think that he gets more time now that Stastny's left. And I think that he could be a value late, late. Like maybe the last two rounds or whatever. Not someone who I'm taking, you know and expecting anything from but like that last pick you know you take him to see what he does I think he could be good because I think that he could easily win that third line center maybe get some power play time yeah yeah I think Roslovic can be a late value pick if it all works out and then the other one is Kyler Yamamoto from Edmonton because if he makes the team he should be playing with Connor McDavid he should make anybody yeah and if anybody's playing with Connor McDavid they should be putting up points so keyword should be 
That's a no. That should be a no brainer. If he's there with the last pick, I think you should take him. Yeah. Because you because with the last pick, you really lose nothing because everybody that's in free agency that you could have picked is still available. That's all I want to say. I think that's fair advice. I think those are good two last picks, um, and they could work out a lot better than some of these other guys they have ranked around the same area. So. <laughs> right. I mean, because I could name off a bunch of people that just off this NHL list alone, like they have Elias Lindholm and 204. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they have Kyle Turris at like 224. Yeah, they <laughs> they have Kyle Turris below Daniel Sprong, and I'm not even sure Daniel Sprong cracks like the top six on Pittsburgh. I didn't even know that, dude. He could be back in the AHL. Dude, he only played like eight games last year. <laughs> I think he played more than that, but. Yeah, no, you're right. He didn't play a lot, and he didn't do a lot either. Are you? So. No, I was seeing if that was their playoff stats. Those are fucking last year stats. He played in like eight games. Oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> I guess he's young, and they think he'll make it. But who knows? Don't ever trust those. Follow your gut, um, and don't be stupid. And oh yeah, he did good only luck. play in eight games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't draft Daniel Sprong over <laughs> Kyle Turris. Absolutely. Like don't draft Daniel Sprong over Kyle Yamamoto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but make sure it's your last pick if you're iffy about whether they're going to play or not. I picked like Dylan Strom last year, I think, with my last round pick, and he just didn't show up. Or maybe two years ago, whichever one it was. <laughs> but it was the last pick, so no one cares. No one cares. Then you just go out and you pick Jonathan Marsh so up because no one knows who he is. <laughs> and you win your fantasy yeah. league. Hey, that worked out great for me my first year, so. And the other thing, the thing I really want to end off with is I know a lot of people kind of set their lineup in advance and stuff like that and don't really look at it. Um, it's important to look at free agency every day. If you're, if you're trying to win, if you're trying to win, like if you're just having fun, whatever, if you're trying to win, look at free agency. Look at the guys who aren't getting taken and if they're hanging around the top, Look at what, because I know I that thing. The bad thing is, and I feel bad for trying to explain to people because I don't know what like Yahoo's app looks like or whatever. So all I can speak for is ESPN, and you know, for some people, I'm speaking nothing because it means nothing because they don't use the app we use. <laughs> but um, you know, look at like the average points. Look, normally, you know, I'm assuming Yahoo has to do something similar. Look at the last five games. That's, I mean, I got Matt Barzell. I saw that he had assists in, like, five games, and I'm like, all right, well. Well, actually, it was that game that he put up five assists, and I'm like, well, he's mine now. Yeah. Because, you know, games like that happen. And, I mean, it's it's different because, sure, someone can put up five assists and then go ghost for the rest of the year or whatever. But, you know, Barzell was putting up a couple points in other games, and he exploded, and then he went on that point streak, and I just, you know for free like i dropped someone who i didn't need anymore yeah i think that the best advice that i could give somebody and what i've learned is as long as you don't completely wreck your draft and you pick good in the first couple rounds and you pay more attention than your and peers set your goddamn lineup yeah <laughs> just pay more attention than your peers and you should be just fine winning winning yeah. leagues um and by paying attention, I, I'm not even trying to like scold anyone. It's this is about hockey we're talking about. This is the greatest sport ever. It takes you little to no effort just to pay attention to the greatest sport ever every day. 
<laughs> and it's not a lot. It's not like I, and again, that's probably better just to pay attention and just be looking. I'm not even saying go full blown statistician. Like I'm just saying pay more attention than your friends. That's, that's all you need to do. You don't need to go crazy. You don't need to overthink it. Who's hot? Who's not? Don't drop your all stars. Like it's pretty simple. Yeah. And watch and a game. You do, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Watch it. I mean, because you'll see who, who's breaking out if you get to watch them. Yeah. But if you do want to go full crazy, because I normally do, <laughs> um, like I'll take and I'll, I have the score on my phone and I'll like look up every individual player that's on my team and I'll favorite them and make sure I'm getting notifications about them. Because if I don't watch and they get hurt, I need to know that as soon as possible. Also. The thing I do is, and why I tend to be able to snag some injured superstars is because I'll go and I'll set notifications for like, I didn't get him this year, but I also didn't try to get him. But when Jack Eichel came back from injury, I got him. I had notifications <laughs> that were telling me like two days before, like, oh, Jack Eichel's skating. And I could have went and just picked them up. But I was like, I didn't have anybody at the time that I was like willing because I was still in the shit and I was going. Yeah, so I got And him. I think I was kind of out of it. By then it was like clear one and two, and then I was three. But yeah, but I it's important. It. Like if you if there's a superstar, you should know when he's coming back because if they drop him, um, well, because the other thing is we don't play with injured reserve. Some leagues have injured reserve, and you can put them on a list Not or whatever. If you don't one. play with injured reserve, you need to know when superstars are coming back because nine out of ten times they'll get dropped because you can't afford to keep an empty roster spot unless he's a undroppable player or whatever. But it's important to know. Yeah. And other than that, have fun and some money. Um, yeah. Send us some of your feedback, who you think you got or your sleepers or whatever, if, you're, if there's anyone listening out there. And hopefully someday yeah, we can start know. a league. Like, I'm down to play fantasy. Let's get it going. This is good. Yeah, I'll play 10 fantasy Yeah, <laughs> for real. Be confusing all my teams. For, <laughs> yeah, I'll play 10 fantasy leagues for fun. I don't need to make any money or play for any money. Yeah just about watching hockey yeah but yeah let us know like who your go-to guys are like who do you who's your guy that you draft like rob has hall i try to get Giroux as often as i can but really my guy's kucherov i have to get kucherov yeah i'm not gonna yeah. get hall this year i can feel it <sighs> yeah but at least you had him like i i never got Giroux until this year and it was the best year to have him so. yeah just get your players <laughs> other than yeah, that i think we're 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 pretty much yeah do the damn thing <laughs> yeah but yeah let us know what you guys think of who the who your best guys are in fantasy your go-to guys you know tell us about the goalies because i want to know like everybody else's opinion on goalies yeah um, me too because i think i have i don't know if i have a different one but i feel like i have a more negative opinion on them in fantasy than a lot of other people just because it's so hit and miss let us know what's going on i think this will be the last pre-recorded episode yeah and then we're gonna be we're gonna be live coming at you yeah it'll be preseason should be starting camp. soon yeah yeah so we're getting in we're getting into it boys we're we're getting there <laughs> all right but we're done rambling now we're done talking at you so Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at um, Off the Barcast. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Fuck You Raff, R A F F at the end. And I think that's all we got. Um, 
Once again, this has been Off the Bar with Rob and Joey. And I'm Joey. And I'm Rob. And we'll see you guys next week.